0: Let's open our Bibles, John chapter 21, please. John chapter 21. We talked last uh, time about Jesus meeting the disciples on the beach. He had breakfast with them there, and and, uh, John notices that it was Jesus. He recognizes him first, and then Peter, though he doesn't want to be uh, left you know, he doesn't want to be uh, second. He jumps in first. He jumps into the water to get to Jesus and, and gets there and, and sees that there's a fire burning there. Jesus has fish. He has bread. And it's all prepared. And, and just to let them know, I think, that He's going to take care of them. That this life that they entered in a, into a following being a disciple of Jesus, that He's going to take care of. Them. And, and you know, what I, I know that that is true. I've seen it in my own life uh, year after year after year. But I think, I think there's that standing invitation, and Mark kind of alluded to it as well, this, this standing invitation by Jesus where he, he says, come and, and spend time with me. Come and eat. Come and fellowship. Is there anyone really that's better to be with than Jesus? There really isn't. So they've had this breakfast now, and they're they're spending time, and and uh, now Jesus takes some some time to spend with Peter, and 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 really there are two things that kind of come out of this. Number one is restoration, and number two are these marching orders for Peter. Restoration and marching orders. Uh, uh, Tim Kinneman shared with me last week that in Bill Kinneman's Bible, one of, one of his early Bibles, uh, it said in very small print that, and he printed very small, that, that uh, these verses were like a message uh, to, that was given at Bill's ordination when he was ordained to, to become a, a minister of the gospel. And, and so there's marching orders in here that Bill saw and, and that Bill were, was given on that day. Bill, of course, those of you who don't know, Bill was a, hes a, a mentor and and just a, he was just a wonderful man of God. Now earlier, why do I say restoration? Earlier, Peter, as we all know the story, Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three. three times. That's important to know, and and it was really kind of by a fire, right? Right. Yeah. It was by a fire, and he denied him three times, and and so. Peter has now seen Jesus, right, he, at least twice, uh, you know, in, back in Jerusalem. He, Jesus came and, and stood amongst them, told them, peace be with you, peace be with you. But we're not sure that, that Jesus ever really kind of talked with him specifically about what happened, Right? These, these three denials, we don't know. It, it's never brought out. And it, it appears that, that, you know, this is kind of now where Jesus is, ad- is addressing these things. He doesn't specifically say it, but it really kind of comes out. Uh, maybe Peter, you know, though he had seen Jesus, he was kind of unsure where he stood. And, you know, he'd really blown it. He'd blown it bad, and, and you, know, is, you know he'd seen Jesus, but you know does Jesus have something against him? And I'm never going to trust you again, never going to use you again, never going to have any plans for you, never, you know, I'm going to keep my distance from you. And I think what we, one of the things we see in this is Jesus doesn't, that's not the way he operates. That's the way you and I operate. We get stung by somebody, right? And, whoa, you know, I'm not going to spend any time with you again. But we see it in this, in this passage we're going to look at today, verses 15 through 19, that Jesus uh, restores Peter three times by a fire. But it's a different fire, isn't it? It's not the fire of the enemy, it's the fire of Jesus, the fire that Jesus puts together. And I think this kind of fire burned in Peter's life, uh, you know, uh, up to the very end of his life. So I I want to say this, Jesus can restore and he does restore. He absolutely does. Because how many of of you, you know, never blow it? How many of you never make mistakes, never fall, never deny the Lord, never have some kind of issue or trouble? How many of you, any of you here can say that? Because if you do, then you just blew it because you had this pride thing happening, right? (laughs) So this is, like, this is like key to our relationship and walk with the Lord, this idea that he restores. He does restore. Why? Because he knows. The, the Bible tells us that the Lord knows that we are dust. He knows that we're just dust. He knows like everything about us. And, 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 and even in this, this passage, Peter uh, says it repeatedly that, I, that you know. Jesus, you know. Jesus you know about me you know about what's going on you know what happened so let's pick it up in verse 15 it says when they had finished eating Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you truly love me more than these yes Lord he said you know that I love you and Jesus said feed my lambs so this is restoration number one and marching orders number one but the first thing that Jesus asks him is do you truly love me see you see it always gets back to the heart there's no question about it. it always gets back to the heart where is our heart at and the heart being the very center of who we are who we love what we love what is important to us do you truly love me he says to Peter now I'll point this out as we go along here. There are different words for love that are used uh, in this passage and in, in, in the New Testament, different Greek words that are used for love. The, the word love that he uses here is which one? Agape. agape love. And agape love is kind of like the supreme love. And that's why this translation says truly love makes a distinction. This is like uh, you know, the supreme love. And agape love is like is like the pinnacle he says do you really you know love me at the pinnacle with everything that you have and 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 not thinking about yourself because that one of the big facets about agape love is that it's it's other-centered it's unselfish do you really love me that way and and, and that's what he asked peter well you know you don't you know when jesus starts asking the questions they can get pretty tough sometimes and so would jesus ask you and i that same question yeah Absolutely. Do you really love me? We've talked about that before. It's come up in the Gospel of John before. Are you, do, you love, do you love Jesus? Are you not afraid to tell people, I love Jesus Christ? Notice he says in this first, in this first one, he says, More than these. More than what these? Some think it's, it's the fish. You know, there was a lot of fish there. Do you love me more than these fish? And the gear and the, and the, the career that he had, you know, the, 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 the occupation. Because, because, you know, Jesus called him, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And then we get to this point and Peter says, we're going out fishing. I'm going out fishing. And takes a bunch of people out with him. Do you love me more than all that, Peter? Some think it's the other disciples. More than the other disciples? Do you love me more than the other disciples do? Why do you say that? Because Peter, you know, how many times did he say, you know, pretty pointed things? In Matthew 26, he said, he said even if all fall away, pointing to the other disciples, I never will. Those people over there, they might, but not me, I'm Peter. I love you more than they do for sure. So Jesus kind of, you know, pointed to him, do you, do you, do you love me truly more than they do? Like that's what you said before. Or is it both? Or is it all? Do you love me more than anything? And Jesus said some pretty hard things. He says, if you don't love me more than even your family, you're not worthy to follow me. That's pretty intense, isn't it? He, this is the kind of thing that he's saying, Peter, you love me more than anything and everything, than all things? And that's a kind of a question. What kind of place does he have in your heart, in my heart? Is it just a Sunday, Sunday love? Or is it a seven-day-a-week love? That's what, that's, what he, that's what he wants. That's what he desires. That's the standing invitation. Peter says, yes, Lord. He answers in the affirmative. But he's not kind of boasting now. He says, you know that I love you. But he uses a different word. He uses the word what? Anybody know? Phileo. Phileo which is where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So it, it's kind of this brotherly love, this friend love. That you know that I love you, but, but it's kind of a step down. And I think in Peter's mind, he, he kind of gets that. He's not boasting about it anymore. He's kind of been broken about, been broken about some of that pride that he had and, and these, you know, saying, you know, well, look at me, I'm, I'm you know, I'm your man. And then all that happens, he goes, "Whoa, yeah, yeah, I do, I do love you." I don't think he was shouting it out. I think he was, I think he was just, "Yes, I do." But does Jesus say, "Well, that's not good enough"? No, he accepts him, and, and then he gives him his marching orders. First marching order, he says this to Peter: "Feed my lambs." So he 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 is restored by Jesus, not to just for himself, but, but he gave him something to do. He restored him to serve. And, and you know, can people who fall and make mistakes and blow it ever serve the Lord again? Yes, absolutely. This is what we see here. Now, will it affect their lives? Yeah, of course it does. I don't think Peter ever forgot what happened to him. I don't think the other people that knew about it ever forgot what happened to him. And and so we have to kind of live with those things as Peter did. But but Jesus says, I want you to feed my lambs. The lambs, he says, my lambs, notice that. And he says that in each of them, uh, each of the the three orders, that that the, the lambs and the sheep, they belong to who? Not to Peter. They belong to the Lord. Matthew Henry said in 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 Jesus's flock some are lambs, young and tender and and that, you know, they're, they're, you know, we're all at different stages in our growth and our life and Mark talked about, you know, we need to grow and and you know, when you're just a brand new lamb in Christ, uh, you know, you need to learn, you need you do need to grow and and, and there's so so many places and avenues to learn and grow. Uh, in, Matthew, in Isaiah chapter 40, speaking about the Lord, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. I love that. You know, he carries his, his lambs close to his heart. So Jesus tells uh, Peter to feed his lambs. Now, was he just talking about fish? it's obviously more than fish we need we do need to eat and physically we need to you know our needs need to be met but it was deeper than that wasn't it and it was a spiritual food that needs to be given to sheep and and to lambs especially and and like the the lambs you know would have uh, you know a, a milk to start with and then and then you know gradually uh, eat more in different things but primarily i think one of the things that we know about you know about what we need is we need to be fed the word we need to be fed the word of God you're not gonna grow if you don't get that feed the word of God Matthew Henry also said that Jesus said to feed them not feed upon them that's true huh not feed upon them and 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 Again, we're looking at leadership here as well. We're looking at, you know, what a pastor would do and, and leaders in the church would do. And, and, and in Ezekiel chapter 34, the Lord talks about shepherds who, who only took care of themselves. They fleeced the flock instead of feeding the flock. So that's such an important thing. If, if you find that, you know, uh, you know, the minister, the leaders are, are taking from you instead of feeding and, and serving, that there's something's wrong. It's not, it's not right. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Restoration number two, found in verse 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Do you agape me? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love phileo you. He says the same thing happens again. And Jesus, he, he didn't even stop at it. He didn't stop at it at all. What does he say? He says, take care of my sheep. He doesn't even bring up the second time more than these. You know, Jesus, again, has the heart. He understands. He knows this is the second time now that Peter says, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, what? Take care of my sheep. This word for take care is like a, the word for, for shepherding and, and pastoring. He says, I want you to take care of my sheep. Not just the lambs, but the sheep as well. They, they both need Matthew Henry said, you know, these are sheep that are grown. They've got some strength and maturity, but both need pastoring. Both need shepherd. Both need teaching and feeding and leading and caring for. Which brings us to number three. The third time, how many times did did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. There's There's definitely a connection here. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Guess what word he uses here? Phileo. Do you love? Do you phileo me? That's kind of wild, isn't it? Jesus changed his language there. Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? And it's interesting because it's like you know, he has now come down to where Peter was. Now, does that mean that, that he doesn't ever want Peter to grow and, and become, you know, uh, supremely loving of Jesus? No, of course not. But he comes and meets us where we are. We used to sing a song years ago, Come Just As You Are. Remember that? Some of you remember that. And, and that's, where, that's what it is. You know, come where you are at whatever point you are. And Jesus meets him there and, and actually comes down and, and comes to the point where he, where he was. And, and, and Jesus knows each one of you. He knows me. He knows where I am. He knows what, what, what stage, what, how, how capable I am of loving him. What happens to Peter in this time? Look at at the next part of that verse. It said, Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you phileo me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, that I phileo you. Peter was hurt. Why was Peter hurt? I think he picked up on what was happening here. There was, you know, maybe you could say it was pride or whatever, but, you know, was Jesus trying to hurt him? No, Jesus was trying to help him. And, and Jesus met him right where he is, and, and that's what he does for you and I as well. Peter, he was, it says he was sorrowful, he was sad, he was grieved. And, and maybe it was a bit of conviction perhaps in his heart, like, well, maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be, but this is where I am and, and Jesus said, I accept you right where you are, and I and I have a plan and a purpose for you because I know you. isn't it also true that Jesus knows you better than you know you? He knows me better than I know me. He knows each one of us better than we know ourselves. And, and so he knows exactly what we need and, and where we are and, and, and what is required, what needs to take place. So, so in these times of restoration, uh, you know, Jesus is speaking to him and, and th- certain things are certainly coming out, but, but, he, but he carries on and Jesus goes forward and he says, he says to him, feed my sheep. He says to him, feed my sheep. I I want you to serve. I want to use you. I want to, you know, be active in your life. Peter, this guy who, you know, uh, went about as far down as anybody could possibly go. And now Jesus is telling him these things. He, He says, feed my lambs. He says, tend or take care of my sheep. He says, feed my sheep. Did Peter go on to do that? Yeah, he did. Absolutely did. He loved the Word of God. Paul the Apostle said uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he said these words to the leaders and the elders in the church at Ephesus. He says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. That's a pretty big call there, isn't it? But he says, watch yourself first. Make sure that you're on the right track too. And then, But also watch out for those around you. Later on, Peter, you know... Uh, Peter gets a lot of flack for being, you know, this fisherman type guy who doesn't know much. But when you read the, the letters that he wrote, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, it's like, it's like deep, intensely deep. But what he said here in 1 Peter chapter 5 and, and verse 2, speaking to the elders, he kind of said to the elders that are scattered around, like all over, he says, be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. It's a servant role, you see. But Peter's given that kind of instruction. He's feeding. He's, he's, he's Now he's giving instruction to those leaders that, that are hopefully are mature believers, mature sheep. and And he's taking care of the sheep, feeding the sheep. He's got this heart for the... The body of Christ that he received, I believe, from Jesus himself. I think uh, before we finish, wrap this up, I think I want to say one thing is that, that God is raising up leaders. Each of us has a, a role to play and a, and a part to play. You say, well, he's not calling me to be you know, a pastor or a teacher or that kind of thing. But he has something for you to do. And it's in some way, it's, a, it's some kind of ministry to serve the body of Christ. What is that? You know, are you active in some way? Is there some role that you're playing? And, and you know, I can't tell you what that is. I've said this before. You know, God didn't send me, you know, a uh, email with each of your names and telling me what you are supposed to be doing. It's a very personal thing. You need to seek the Lord and, and ask him, like, what, what are you calling me to do? I, I, I love you. What, what are my marching orders? What, what part of the body of Christ am I called to play? You'd be surprised that he, would, that he will open up an opportunity for you. You'd be surprised what he might call you to do. There are lots of needs around here. You know what? I can only do so much. My, my stamina is very limited. But if each one of us are doing something, that's an army. If each one of us are soldiers and we're, we're marching and we're, we're doing what God's called us to do, that's an army that can, that can accomplish things, that can, can take you know, battles and, and win battles. we got some things. He's mentioned some things here today that, that are coming up that we need to pray about. We need to pray this parking lot gets done right, right? Otherwise, guess who has to deal with it? and that's a real headache so but but we all have to deal with it too but we have this festival coming up we have this concert coming up and 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 those are like outreaches where we want to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus and and this takes prayer and this takes involvement we're gonna we have a lot of ways you can get involved within the festival and, and then when we do this concert, there will be other ways that people can, can get involved, especially hospitality, uh, in different ways of serving. And, and, you know, this is something we've never done before. What's God, what's his marching orders to you? But what I started with, was with that, that I believe God is also raising up leaders and, and, and that God, you know, perhaps some of you are called to be leaders. And and you've been resisting it and just saying, No, I I am not ready now, and you know Jesus could say, Do you love me more than these? These other things that are all so important to you? And, and and yet I'm calling you, I've got something for you to do? Are you willing to let you know let it all go and, and leave it all behind and just be available to him? Do you have a heart for the sheep? Do you have a heart for the flock of God? My heart, my heart aches to see young men and women rise up as leaders in the church, you know. I know my time is limited. My time is limited. I don't know, you know, when it is, but, but, you know, I'm getting to the, to the final, you know, lap in this, this big race. But, but you younger folks, you know, what's God called you to do? And how has he called you to step up? And what kind of role? Where do you need to learn? What do you need to learn to get where you need to get. The future really is yours. Finally, in verse uh, 18 and 19, there's a cost. Jesus restores Peter, gives him these marching orders there's a cost there and and he says in verse 18 I tell you the truth he's speaking to Peter when you were younger you dressed yourself and went and and went where you wanted but when you were old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go and Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God then he said to him follow me you see, there's a cost involved here, and, and when he's saying here, you're going to stretch out your hands, what is he talking about? Crucifixion, Crucifixion where, where this would be the way Peter would actually give his life. But when you look at the history and see what happens, there, Peter, Peter was, became a martyr for, for his faith and for serving the Lord, but there were no denials. No denials. As a matter of fact, the tradition tells us that when they, when they took Peter to crucify him, he begged to be crucified upside down because he, he felt he wasn't worthy to be crucified in the same fashion as his Lord was. There's something about even not only our lives, but even how we die. He says here that that... Death would glorify God. Our death, our lives, and the way we die as well can glorify God. But the last words that we see here in this verse, what what does Jesus say to Peter? Follow me. He says, follow me. And and you know what? He's saying that to each one of us. He's absolutely saying it to each one of us. Uh, Some of the definitions I... I found uh, to be in the same way with as a disciple. What does it mean to follow? To cleave steadfastly to one, conform wholly to his example in living, and if need be, in dying also. Jesus says, Follow me. Are are, are you going to follow him? Am I going to follow him truly? Do you love me? What does he say? Follow me. Years before, Peter heard those words from Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, follow me. Peter left everything and followed followed him. And then we come up to this place here now uh, after the cross and the resurrection and and Peter's denials and all that. And, and, And the call is renewed. I think the call needs to be renewed in our lives as well. Jesus is saying, follow me. Maybe, maybe it was you know, years ago you became a believer and maybe you, know, you were on fire, you were following him, you were doing everything that you could do to follow Jesus and you've kind of like gotten cold and the, you've gotten uh, you know, away from those coals, the burning coals and the fire. And he says, follow me, I want you to come back. And, and, and the call is renewed. Peter, he says, do you love me? Let's pray together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It's very challenging. It's very convicting even. And and, uh, we we heard a testimony today of, of one who stumbled and fell and yet was restored more than once. I thank you, Lord, that you restore us and you 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 bring us back and, and the enemy tries to say, Look at you, but you say, Come, follow me. Get up. Pick yourself up and follow me. I have plans, I have a purpose for your life. Father, I thank you for your grace. It's really grace, it's really mercy. And it's that steadfast love that you have for each of your people. And it, it endures forever, Psalm 136. Your love endures forever, never stops. Father, you know, as Peter said to Jesus, you know. You know each one of our hearts. You know where we are. You know who we are. You know what. What's going on inside of us? Even right this moment, we're, we're battling or we're just saying, you know, forget it. I'm not interested or whatever. Or maybe there's a heart that says, I, I'm, so, I'm so far gone, I'm too far. You can't do anything with me. Not true, Jesus says. Come and follow me. I've, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. No matter what. And Jesus, I pray too for for any here today, maybe maybe never never surrendered to you, never never heard that call to to follow you and be a disciple, to be a lover of Jesus Christ. And today is a good day for that. July eleventh, twenty twenty one. You can surrender your life to Jesus. Allow Him in and say, Jesus, please come into my life, come into my heart and. And I will follow you. Forgive me of all my sin. I need you. You pray like that and he will hear you. He will absolutely hear you. I know it's true. I've experienced it. I've seen it. Over and over again. Lord, I pray a blessing on your people today. I pray you would anoint them with the Holy Spirit to be the lights in this world and and people would see that we are followers of Jesus no matter what the cost is, no matter where we go. Bless your people with the strength, the boldness, the courage to be true disciples. Each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we? Morning by morning.